Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 7.06 in half an hour in studio. Head coach Jason Moss from the Edmonton Eskimos with Morley Scott, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, who have lost six straight. They were 7-0. and Now they're 7-6, and and uh, they're down to fourth in the West. Still in a crossover playoff spot, but you got to stay ahead of at least one team in the West and two teams in the East to uh, get that crossover spot. Uh, they do have the tie break against BC so that one game lead over BC technically a two game lead but I obviously that's a bit of a soft thing to fall back on at this point. Steve from the north side texting in. He goes, I would like to know why the Oilers are not being more proactive in shoring up depth when it comes to secondary scoring. Hoping that Maroon has another career year and the younger guys don't have sophomore slumps seems risky. The playoffs proved if you shut down the top line, the Oilers don't have much else. That is from Steve. Well, Steve, I, I think you make a great point, and I was, I was discussing that uh, on one of the shows last week. And look, I still think the Oilers are going to be a good team. They're trying to become a great team, an elite team. And Todd McClellan had a quote there before the news about the challenges that'll uh, that'll present and the difficulties they're going to have to face and that the elite teams, you know, stick together and figure out those troubles as they go along. And yeah, Steve, you make a good point. Will Maroon have another big year? Will Latestu get the power play goals? Will Lucic be as good five on five? Will Kajula step forward? You know, Kajula didn't exactly knock it out of the park in the preseason. All all those types of questions. How how will they do without Sekera? And yeah, they're going to have to have more consistent secondary scoring to become an elite team, to become top four in the league, to be a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. Um, in terms of why are the Oilers not being more proactive? I, I guess, Steve, I, I think Peter Shirelli gave his answer in the summer where he said he didn't feel like he needed to chase any free agents or make any big moves and parachute guys in uh, ahead of guys he told, I trust you to take a step forward. He, he didn't want to kind of go back on what he told some of the guys in exit meetings where he's gonna where he said you know to a guy like Kajula, okay, you try to grab it. You go out there and score 15 to 20. You know, you're going to get the opportunity. Jujar Carey, you're going to get the opportunity on the fourth line. I'm not going to parachute somebody in. I mean, the only veteran they really added was uh, UC Jokinen, who I don't think is really taking anybody's spot in, in the lineup or, or bumping somebody out of the way. He's It was more like they got rid of Pouliot and brought Jokinen in uh, for the same role. But I think that's a fair question. Now, the thing is, Steve, maybe this is the year the Oilers get a rental at the deadline. 
you know, a James Neal, somebody like that, uh, if they need a shooter or somebody to add depth scoring as they go into the run. Fair question, Steve. I, I think that's going to be one of the storylines as we move along. 10 nothing, Washington leading Kansas City early in the second quarter. That's Monday night football. Wednesday night hockey at Rogers Place is going to be a beauty. Flames in town to play the Oilers. 6 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30 Ched. The game will start at 8. Oilers hockey presented by Furnace Family. Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 and the Flames Radio Network. Hello, Pat. How's it going? Hello. Hello, Reed. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Glad to be on your program today. Yeah, well, you've been on a lot lately. There's been a, there's been a lot to talk about Uh you know, football and uh, hockey related over the past few weeks. We'll stick, I think, mostly to hockey tonight because the Stampeders aren't even making their games interesting anymore. My goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. well, boy, the Eskimos better beat Montreal on Monday. That's I think that's the lesson we got out of that. Anyway, uh, let's start with the headline, buddy. Uh, Yarmir Yager. How? Why? Well, When does well, he play? What will he do? All the questions. I don't think I don't think you have to worry about him in two days' time. Uh, I know that he's basically all but confirmed to Czech media. There's no chance he'll play in Game One of the season in Rogers' place on Wednesday. So you don't have to worry about Yager uh, against the Oilers in two days' time. My guess is Saturday home opener against the Jets is the first time we'll see him uh, at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The, the other uh, five W's, I uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's there's a lot to wrap your head around with this one. So. First of all, I think the, the why from a Flames perspective, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, they are so thin on the right side, it's crazy. I mean, we're talking about Michael Furlick as the one proven effective right winger at this point. Michael Furland could be. He's going to start the season on a line with Johnny Gaudreau and, and Sean Monaghan, but he only played 21 games in that spot last year. Had decent success, but we all know how dangerous it is to judge on a small sample size so that's still a little bit of an unknown troy brower had an awful first year in calgary has not looked any better in the preseason this year uh and curtis lazar who they acquired at the trade deadline has not really had a good training camp at all and there was lots of expectations that maybe he could slot into a top nine wing role and that really hasn't played out so i think i think from a flames perspective and i've i've been advocating for the the yager thing personally i've been like they should sign him they should sign him they should sign him uh for for a number of weeks now uh, and it made sense before training camp, but certainly after you saw the preseason where the Flames go uh, two and five, and they really didn't look all for the majority of it, and you see how thin they are on the right side. It just made sense for them to go and do this. Now, from a younger perspective, the, the why is a little bit more interesting. I think he also sees uh, the opportunity on the right side and where he could fit in, his opportunity to potentially play some second power play minutes, get some good ice time and some good scoring opportunities. And he also said when he spoke to the Czech media today, he also said that you know St. Louis came calling but only after they had some injuries. The Flames had been in contact with him right from the get-go. And as I understand it, these two sides have been talking going all the way back to July uh, when there was some initial interest and they kept on saying, okay, uh, we'll call you back and younger camp said, oh, we'll call you back, so on and so forth. They kept revisiting, they kept revisiting, and eventually it just made sense. The urgency got ramped up a little bit, and they got him on a, a one-year deal uh, for $1 million, and maybe another million in terms of bonuses. It, it, it really makes a lot of sense from a strict hockey perspective. It makes sense. He fills a 
fills a role. He's still effective. He was one of Florida's most effective forwards last year. Uh, I think that he makes them a better team, and he comes at a really affordable price. And then there's the other stuff on top of it. I mean, Flames fans are ecstatic that they get an opportunity to see the second-leading scorer of all time in a Flames jersey, likely ending his career in a Canadian market, in this market. And, and there's a pretty good chance that if he plays 57 games, I think it is this year, he sets the uh, all-time mark for most games played, beating Gordy Howe's record. The fact that he'll do that as a member of the Calgary Flames is pretty cool, too. So all of those things combined, and I can tell you, it's a, it's a pretty buzzing city right now when it comes to Flames fans. You know, it's funny when when you said the uh, the question marks down the right side. I thought you were you might be talking about the Oilers there for a minute. So that, I think that'll be storylines <laughs> uh, for both teams for sure. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is the best right winger on either team. If that's no, I don't think that's where the Oilers wanted to put him though. So that's something to watch uh, up here too. Hey, uh, give me a give me a sense of how Spencer Fu did. I, I know he got sent down. Uh, the days are blurring together be, be, with all the games, but I think about a week ago. Uh, yep. How did Fu look, and uh, what is what does he have to work on? Obviously, for people who don't know, this is the Edmontonian. Was an NCAA star. Uh, Could have signed with anybody. Chose the Flames. Yeah, Sherwood sure, sure Park product, I think, and uh, had an unbelievable junior season at Union College. 62 points in 38 games, I think it was. Just like ridiculous numbers in college hockey. But he's not ready. And that was pretty clear. I mean, take a look at some of the other college free agent signings that have been able to. You know, Danny DeKaiser jumped in right away. Tucker Pullman in Winnipeg looks like, you know, he, he's going to make a case to, to potentially be on that team at some point. I think Spencer Foo's still a good player. So I think we're talking about, uh, I think we're talking about him needing to learn the pace of the game a little bit more, understand the physicality of the NHL game a little bit more, and, and just the all round awareness that you're going to need at both ends of the ring. But what one thing is for sure, the guy possesses an NHL-quality shot. He showed that a couple of times at the Young Stars Classic in Penticton. and even showed it a couple of times at the preseason. But as, as the preseason games rolled on, as the training camp sessions rolled on, you could tell that he just wasn't as polished, wasn't as refined as as you'd want in a regular NHLer. And, and that's almost to be expected because it's hard to make the jump from college hockey right to the NHL. And, and, and I think a lot of guys need that first year of of professional hockey in the American League. And so he can go to the American League with the Stockton Heat, play on a pretty decent team, and a, and a team that is going to give him a lot of time. And, and that's where you can really start to refine the game. And that's that's what I think is important for Foo. So I, I don't I don't think he was ready. I don't think it's a disappointment that he's gone down to the American League. I thought it was a long shot for him to be NHL ready to begin with. So him going to the American League doesn't make uh, it, it doesn't come as a massive surprise at this point. And, and I think that he's still... One of the more intriguing prospects in the organization right now. I think that he's he's still a high-end prospect. He's still a good prospect. It's just not going to be right away for when he makes his impact. All right. Pat, thanks for the update. I know we'll talk throughout the season. Uh, it's going to be fun. I, I mean, I know a lot of people have, uh, and again, predictions, you throw them out the window once they drop the puck, but, but a lot of people picking the Flames and Oilers to be two of the top three teams in the Pacific Division. That would be fun if the days of the pillow fight of Alberta are truly behind <laughs> us and, and the battle is back. Let's do this again soon, okay? I predict we will talk again very soon on one of our shows. Okay. <laughs> See you, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Love having him on the show. So the uh, Flames uh, right side, Froelich, Furlan, Brower, Lazar, Yager, the Oilers, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Jokin, 
Cassian, Slepeshev, Pakarinen can go in there. Kajula can flip over to that side as well. Whose would you sooner have, especially if Leon isn't there? That's a good question. Uh, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Jason Moss and Morley Scott are going to be sliding in after 7.30. Going to come back with uh, a bit of a personal story from something I experienced today. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get more on the Oilers on 630chet.com, the latest on the Eskimos there as well, and the new guy running back, C.J. Gable. Jason Moss will be in studio with Morley Scott coming up after the 730 News for the weekly Eskimos Coaches Show. Morley, good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Reed. It's good to be here. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I just I just want to talk about something else quick here, and I know you know uh, a mm-hmm. little bit about this, and... And, you know, words like uh, bravery, courage, and dedication and commitment are are words we use in pro sports all the time. And they do apply. I mean, to be a high-level pro athlete, you need need all those things. But there are also a whole bunch of other ways and other things going on in people's lives where those words certainly apply. And uh, I had the honor today to attend the 12th Annual Courage Awards at the Glen Rose Hospital. And... And the reason I, I, I went is uh, because uh, 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 my, my friend Christian Zip got one of the awards. And you may have seen him profiled on global television last week by Suling Go, or he, he has been uh, reported on in other media. He's a drama teacher at Holy Trinity High School. Uh, we met in university. We have been close friends for, for 25 years. And uh, this, is, this is actually hard for me to talk about. Uh, in February of 2016, Chris got meningitis. And as a result, uh, he was in the hospital a long time, and uh, he had both his legs amputated below the knee. He had a thumb amputated. Uh, you know, one of his hands doesn't, doesn't work overly well. And he's back teaching, and he continues to be a dedicated teacher. Uh, he continues to DJ. He continues to host a radio show on CJSR. I don't mind giving another station a plug. <laughs> and uh, he, he was one of three recipients today. Uh, a young man, Logan Capitia Fobb, also got uh, the Courage Award, as did Lana Kistlinger, a young lady who was hit by a car in a crosswalk three years ago and um, suffered a b- traumatic brain injury and couldn't talk, couldn't, couldn't move very well. Her family was told she was probably going to need care through her whole life. Today, with a couple of canes, she walked up to the podium and gave a speech after being told years ago she may never be able to talk. That's great. And the smile on her face when she finished the speech, probably the brightest smile and most inspiring smile I've ever seen in my life. This is not a sports story. This is a sports show. However, I felt as a broadcaster who experienced this today, I would not be doing my job without sharing this with people, and I wanted to share it. And to Chris, I just love him I, and his wife Trina so much. I, I know you've you've kind of filled us in over the last couple of years about Chris and, and his struggles and and uh, the battle he has fought. And I mean, congratulations to him and everybody because, as we were talking about before we came on the air, life is hard enough, right? Uh, to have these extra things thrown. Well, and that's what I kind of juxtapose it with. You know, we have this guy in Edmonton, and then this guy in Vegas 
like there are enough hard things and tragic things in life that can happen that mm-hmm. people have to fight through and deal with that can just be random or accidental. I mean, it's nobody's fault Chris got meningitis. It was like probably more than one in a million that, that, that he got it. You know, and he, he, he could have died. I mean, it was... I remember sitting here on the trade deadline day and I was going to post something on the Ched Facebook account and I have to log into my Facebook account first and his wife had posted that he was in the hospital and they didn't know it was meningitis at that time. I mean, he'd been in Mm -hmm. not even probably 12 hours. And then all this happened in the first three days and I went and visited him in the hospital and he's just lying there. I mean, he doesn't remember a lot of it. So it's just all this crazy stuff that can happen and then we have people who want to go out and destroy and hurt other people on top of that. So it's pretty sad. But being at these Courage Awards today was incredible, and, uh, and and I know there are a lot of other people in Glen Rose and facilities all over the province and the country that, that are fighting hard and, and will be anonymous, but are heroes and are incredibly courageous. And like I said, I, I, as a broadcaster, I, I wouldn't feel like I was doing my job, sports show or not, if I, if I didn't share this message. And Logan, Lana, and Christian well-deserved today, and it was incredible to be there. Okay, this has been Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. The Oil Kings, by the way, acquiring Thomas Sustel today from the Kelowna Rockets, 20-year-old forward for a fourth-round pick in the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft. I want to thank our guests. You heard from Brock Sunderland, Blake Dermott, and Pat Steinberg. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll be back with an edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The hard-working studio producer is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. And don't forget, Wednesday at 6, face-off show for an actual regular season hockey game. Oilers and Flames, 8 o'clock Wednesday night, all on 6.30 chat. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.